Welcome, welcome back to DB and the Heave. You got myself, DB. You got the Heavester as well. Heavester, Shabbat Shalom. How you doing tonight, sir? Thank you for that. Shabbat Shalom to you as well. Doing excellent. Uh, seven times, baby. Seven times in a row. Getting it done. Woo! Seven times is right. I mean, just... We're getting right into the Astros. We're too excited to not. Just a what? historic run. Oh, yeah. Just historic. Everything about it. I was a little nervous just watching the game. I knew when Presley came in in the ninth, it was 3-2. I, I don't know, man. No matter how much you know your team can is going to win, playoff baseball still makes you nervous. That's why we love There's it. There's nothing. Why. You're right. That's why exactly why we love it. Yeah, that's why we love it. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, as you can see this postseason, it's a great segue to kind of go into the games. I mean, everybody complaining about the one seeds all not taking care of business, one and two seeds, the only one that get, got, got to be able to take care of business. Everybody's complaining about the layoff and such. I mean, this is no different than any other year. Yeah, we might have more upsets going on, but I mean – you know, this is what happens in playoff baseball. Just because you're a really good team over 162 games doesn't mean that you're going to actually, you know, punch the ticket and get it done. That's why baseball is so amazing, and it's a different game. It's a different season. Uh, it's totally different. You, you, know, you got guys that, that just hit well in the playoffs, and then you got other guys that just can't, can't hit anything in the playoffs. Uh, speaking of Ronald Acuna Jr., by the way. Um, but, I mean... <sighs> This is what this is why yeah. this is why this is why we like it, you know. This is this is this is it's crazy, you know. And and the Astros to, to punch the ticket to the ALCS seventh straight feels like the 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 playoffs are just starting for the Astros because we're so used to them being in the ALCS. So every every Houston fan can really be like, okay, now now the playoffs are starting. They wanted to be that cocky little you know Astros fan, which. Everybody hates the Astros anyway, so you might as well wear the, wear it like a badge of honor, kind of like what the Patriots used to do back in the day. But to do it on a one-run game, though, Astros have not been good in one-run games. They have not been good in, in uh, extra inning games this year. I think they only have one win, I believe, uh, all season in extra inning games, like one and nine, I believe it is. Yeah, the Astros are actually historically – well, God, historically – Really isn't the right term here. The Astros are actually bad over the last couple of years since the Ghost Runner has come on in extra inning games. They're one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball in extra inning games with the Ghost Runner on second. I, I, I could totally see that. But one run game specifically this year, it kinda, it, you know, that's one of the things that kind of scares me about this team. And I was a little worried about that coming in. They have not won a lot of that. I think they're about a 500 baseball team when it comes to one run games. Usually in the postseason, you're going to have a lot of one run games. We haven't seen a lot of that this year uh, in this postseason. So maybe that's why the Astros are really thriving. But to punch the ticket on a one run game in Minnesota that looked like, you know, uh, is it, just a really close game. I thought that was really cool. I, I agree with you. I thought. It showed the Astros postseason. It showed how the Astros are just, they're built for the postseason. They have a postseason mindset. Everything about them and everything about the team from top to bottom has been through this. And even though we turn players over, we bring in new players, 
We have the same core. We still have a couple guys held over with Altuve, Bregman, and Verlander now from 2017. There's this team has been on deep runs and has played in postseason baseball. They've won games from behind in the postseason. And they've won close games, and I think they're built in their mind frame and mentality can handle it a better than the next team because the nerves in postseason are real and the Astros know it better than anybody else in the major leagues at this point in time, right? With what your how your team is constructed and the players that you have and as long as you've been going through. Yeah, I mean, it's uh... – Definitely. I mean, they're just built differently. I mean, this team, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that they got the same core. They really don't, though. Like, I mean, a lot of the guys are not. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of guys on this team. I think there's only two 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 players, I believe, in uh, Altuve and Bregman. Those are the only two players that are left on the roster from. Well, I guess Verlander, too. So three, three, three people from 2017. But I mean, to quote Verlander, though, I mean, he hasn't even really been here all fucking season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And I guess what I meant more was the core for the last two years. So, okay, Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I did mention we do have some roster turnover, but your core from your last couple of years where you've been in back to back World Series is still very much the same of what you have. You have Tucker, you have Pena now, who was the ALCS and and World Series MVP. You do have um, Dubon, who was with you. McCormick was there, Jordan, Brantley. So you do have a lot of guys on the roster, and you do have a lot of guys in the bullpen and on the pitching staff. But you're completely right. From 2017, there is no core left. It's just a couple of guys. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we want to get right into this too, I mean, the answer, I mean, I think there has to be a huge tipping of the cap um, to two people uh, in particular. Uh, one being Dusty Baker. I mean, we can talk all, you know, we, we, we've talked about exhaustion and these things kind of coincide with each other too. Uh, you know, everything we, they need to start Yiner Diaz. They need to start, you know, know, why is he in the lineup? He's just a dead spot in the lineup. And uh, it definitely looked pretty bad whenever uh, Abreu wasn't hitting, but these things seem to fix themselves once, you know, Abreu came alive and he starts to actually hit. Uh, But the other thing, Dusty Baker sticking with his guy, sticking with his guy. And there's two guys. He stuck with a guy in the game in uh, Urquidy. I mean, yep. letting him pitch out, pitch through that, a lot of guys wouldn't have done that. A lot of managers wouldn't have let him pitch through there. He said he's on a performance count, not a pitch count. Dusty doesn't believe in the pitch counts. Uh, that's, we've talked about that before, how young arms have, have kind of – he wore out Mark Pryor and, and, and kind of, you know, whenever he was with the Cubs. He doesn't believe. He believes in performance counts. So he, he, he stayed true to that with Urquidy, let him pitch out of some stuff, and Urquidy – what a gem that he, he ended up pitching coming back. But the other thing that you got to think about here and tip your cap to is Martin Maldonado. I mean, all of the flack that this guy gets and he just shows up in big moments and navigates his team through and these pitchers through the lineup. There's, 
Carlos Perea said it. There was an article that was written on uh, SI.com SI about uh, Martin Maldonado pilots the Astros, yet another ALCS. Um, Carlos Correa said, uh, uh, you know, said it at, at the post game, post game after he was eliminated. Um, he said, you know, I don't want to talk about it really because I know I'm going to hear about it in the off season, but I mean, Maldonado, he just knows the guys so well, knows what we're looking for pitching backwards. I mean, there's no better catcher that knows how to pitch to hitters than this guy and call a game. And that's why Dusty Baker has been adamant about having him play every day because these pitchers, they don't shake this guy off. He basically calls the game and he knows those scouting reports better than anybody. And wow, just a shout out to him. I feel like it was warranted um, because he, he helped a pitcher that has not pitched very much down the stretch. He's been injured. He didn't have his best stuff. And Maldonado was right there saying, hey, throw this pitch, throw this pitch. I believe in you. And he called out Urquidy and said, Urquidy's the key to this series. He said it in the beginning of the series. And why? Because the guy throws strikes. He attacks the strike zone. And whenever you've got a guy piloting the ship with Martin Maldonado, I mean, good things happen. And they happen for uh, the Astros. Maldi did great behind the plate. Absolutely great. I, I can't agree with you more. Um, I just shocked at some of it. I've been on the why isn't Diaz in the game tra train uh, everybody in the city of Houston has been on it and it, if oh, yeah. anybody says they haven't been you're just lying not to me not to you but to yourself everybody throughout the city of Houston was looking for a way to get Maldi out and get Diaz in purely because of the bat not because of behind the plate Fans were trying to come up that Maldi's defense has slipped. Okay, maybe a little, but the way he calls a game hasn't. And it's a beautiful thing to see when he's behind the plate and he's in a rhythm calling a game because even if you give up a hit here or there throughout the game, he puts you in a spot to get out of the inning. If you're a ground ball pitcher, he's going to call the game, call it for you to get ground balls at that point. If you're a fly ball pitcher, he's going to call for the zone to get fly balls for outs. Now, if you're not locating pitches, it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but our pitchers have been locating. And speaking of pitching. But just just, wanna... just, just real quick before you jump on this thing. Uh, you know, I just keep going back to this Carlos Correa thing uh, with him just calling out Maldonado about what, what he did. I mean, there is – I don't think there's another guy in baseball that is more – I mean, he came up through the Astros early on. He's very much into scouting reports, very much into the analytics of the game. They talked about it a lot on, uh, on, uh, on the broadcast. I think it was during game two whenever, you know, he would go up and talk to the pitcher and he's giving him kind of insider information about this guy is a student of the game. He understands small nuances of it. I think it's partly because of just who he is growing up and then the organization and how they were built uh, whenever he was coming up, how analytic driven he was. He's just a sponge. He brings it all in. And for him to call out Maldonado about this guy's just different with, you know, pitching guys backwards, you know, they know. I'll give you a great example of this. The, the last pitch of the game, the last pitch of the game, Martin Maldonado, it's a 3-2 count. Uh, it ended on a fastball that he just dotted, right? Uh, 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 Ryan Presley just dotted this fastball. 
He had been in, in counts before this, in this situation, in the ninth inning, last hitter, 3-2 count. He has never all season thrown a fastball in that situation. And Martin Maldonado, instead of going with tendencies, I guarantee you he knew this, and he knew that they were looking breaking ball, you know, because he, Presley likes to throw junk. He likes to throw deuces up there. And uh, he just dotted that fastball, and he was, you know, the guy – who was it that was at bat? Kessinger, I think it was, or Ke- – um, I'm not, not exactly sure, but it was their left-handed bat. But he just stood there. He wasn't expecting fastball. And so that's what we talk about, about pitching backwards. And that is all Maldonado. And Carlos Correa knew it. And uh, they got maldonado <laughs> That's they, the new saying. They did. And since we're on pitching, I'm going to get into a little something different. I'm going to change this one up. Uh, yes, I love Maldi, but – We've got the Rangers coming up. We got the 45 series. It's happening. Going back and forth. Can you take me higher? <laughs> is that is they're really playing that song? <laughs> Absolutely they are. There's a big deal about it. Yeah. Oh Jesus. You that's you know postseason anthem. Oh well, that's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um well, Scherzer is coming back. That's where I was going with this. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scherzer's coming back. He says he's ready. The last time he pitched against the Astros, he went up against Verlander. He had three innings, six hits, seven earned on seven runs, four strikeouts, and two walks. I Look, Scherzer's a great pitcher. The old funky eyes with the two colored eyes. He's a, He is. But the Astros have hit him pretty well. So for him to rush back and rush back against the Astros, against a team that's already hit you pretty well, I'm thinking this leans in Houston's favor. I I don't know that it does or doesn't. Like, it's hard to say that because he's such a good pitcher and he's been such a good pitcher historically and has been great basically against everybody, but I do feel like this is going to lean in the Astros' favor. Well, what Mad Max are you going to get, you know? Are are they going to get playoff Mad Max back whenever he was with the Washington Nationals who absolutely destroyed the Astros? Um, I'm not sure, but you never know. See, I don't think we're going to get that. I I would agree with you, and I'm I'm hoping that it's not. I mean, there's a couple things that are working in the Astros' favor on this deal. Um, I'm surprised that he's even they're even talking about bringing him back. There, there's been a lot of conjecture about, well, maybe they want him to start game one. There's no way this guy's starting game one, I, in my opinion. He has not had a rehab start. He just threw a simulated game, I think, 60 pitches yesterday. It's not going to happen, in my opinion. I think it's more feasible that you're probably looking at a situation, maybe at game three, possibly. And uh, that being kind of a piggyback situation where he's going to go with two starters anyway. Maybe he gives you, you know, three innings, kind of eases his way into this postseason. Um, there was a similar situation because it, uh, Nathan Evaldi, ha- Evaldi had, had kind of the same injury that uh, Scherzer was dealing with. And uh, Nathan Evaldi did not make a rehab start. And he actually started in the same series you're talking about against the Rangers where he just got destroyed. Yeah. Um, and, and he had not had a rehab start and he, w- he was rusty and he was not good at all. And uh, maybe that's what you get from Scherzer. That's what we're hoping for as Astro fans, obviously. That was, Evaldi went 
one and a third, five hits, and four mm-hmm. earned in that start against the Astros. Yep. And so here's why I think it's going to be – And Evaldi's a different pitcher now, though. So we can't really compare, in my opinion, because he's, he's built up his, his – He's built up since that start. That's kind of whenever the Rangers were going in the tank a little bit uh, yeah. because he was kind of building his way back up. He's totally back. I don't expect to get that Nathan Evolve. No, I don't either. All. But we're talking about a similar injury coming back, yep. kind of the same thing. I was just reading the stat line for what both of them did against the Astros in that series in um, Globe Life Field. My – Thing where Miniature Minute Maid Park, right? Uh, yeah, for us. I mean, whew, we as well there. Astros love to play there. Yeah. So here, here's where I'm getting with this. If Scherzer's coming back, if Scherzer's only going to give them three or four innings, that allows the Astros to get to the bullpen and wear the bullpen out a little bit for the Rangers. And that's why I think it favors the Astros. If, hey, he can come in, but he's only going to give us four innings, well, then we got five bullpen innings. And even if we go with the two-starter situation, it's a seven-game series. So it leans in the favor of the Astros I, is what I personally think. So I think it's a good thing for the Astros. I hope this doesn't come back and bite me in the ass because I could easily sound like a dummy with this take. But that I've just been thinking about it. Over the last 24 hours since they've started talking about him coming back, and I just feel like it helps us get to their bullpen. And the more we get to the bullpen and the more we see that bullpen and use those bullpen arms that we're already familiar with against the Rangers, this could be helpful for the Strohs. And this could lead to a couple hits. This could lead to some small ball runs and help keep them in the game. Yeah, in my opinion, huge advantage. In, in my opinion, huge advantage to the Astros in the bullpen. Uh, the bullpen for the Rangers was just so bad down the stretch. I mean, they had a lot of things going on, and uh, I realized that they were, you know, they've been hot. And, and whenever you're hot, you're able to keep your pitchers in there for longer. Uh, the games aren't close. You're able to kind of shorten that bullpen up so you're not having as many people in pressure situations, um, and which that works to their favor in a shorter bullpen, uh, as most teams would work in their favor as well. Uh, but yeah, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be blowing the Astros out in any of these games. At least I, I don't, I don't see that totally happening and the, and the pitching just totally falling apart. Um, these are going to be some pretty close games in my opinion. Um, and the bullpen is definitely an issue. Also, another thing to mention them wanting to shorten that bullpen rotation up and kind of only go with a couple, couple of guys out of the bullpen they're really expecting those starters to go a long way because in a, you know, the difference between a five-game series and a seven-game series, and I think Bruce Bochy talked about this, uh, about the difference in the nuances with the, between the series is, is that you can kind of wear these bullpen guys out in a seven-game series. With the off days and how everything's structured in a five-game series, um, you, you really are, are you know, you're able to do kind of some of the things we saw Philadelphia do last night with some of their bullpen pitching guys a little bit longer than what they want to bringing them in you can kind of play around with when you're going to move guys around and bring bring your bring your closer in in the seventh inning which I still thought that was a crazy move but um you know you can do that in a seven in a in a five game series in a seven game series there's not as many days off and uh you know you you can really wear your bullpen guys out if if you overuse them I, I don't disagree with any of it 
I, I think Bruce Bochy hit the nail on the head. You did a good job of bringing it back. Uh, Astros, let's go. I got the Astros winning. I got the Astros winning this whole thing. Uh, the fall classic goes to the Strohs. I picked the Strohs and the Phillies at the start of the playoffs. I'm going to stick with that prediction, and the Astros win it all. So before we move on a little bit, what do you got, Heapster? Where do you think these next couple series are going? Especially because we haven't mentioned the NLCS. Yeah, wow, what a ride for the uh, um, for the uh, the Snakes, the Arizona Diamondbacks. What what a ride! Um, doing it really um, a different way than what they usually do. It usually this is a team that's built on starting pitching. They did get some good starting pitching, but they've come back in quite a few of these games. One of the only teams that really has made some pretty big comebacks in this, in the series they've been a part of. And uh, they're, they're smoldering right now. They're smoking hot and they've got two really good pitchers at the top of their rotation. Uh, Will it, will it hurt them in a seven game series? Now that you're past all these short series is though. Um, Cause it's, it's a, we just mentioned it's a different ball game whenever you go to a seven game series and they're gonna they're gonna have their hands full with Philadelphia. Philadelphia looks like they are on a mission this year. I agree. Uh, we'll see how Bryce Harper does. I don't know if he's hurt, not hurt. He came back in the game. He looked like he was really hurt last night. At one point, they the pitcher caught him. Soto held him up. He looked like he was almost in tears. So we'll see. We'll see if that elbow causes him any problems. He is a liability a little bit at first base. So, well, I, I don't know. I, I, a part of me, I got to stick with the Phillies. That's what I predicted. I think the, the Diamondbacks could take them, though. It's going to be a really good series. I, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Who you got so, winning that series? Hmm, I think Philadelphia is still I, – I think they're on a mission to get back to the World Series. Okay. There we go. But I will say this: I, I do I do not think their fans are looking forward to wanting to see the Astros. They're, people in Philly are definitely rooting for the Rangers. In my opinion, they don't want to see the Astros again. And I I don't know if you're going to hear these chants of "We want Houston" either if it gets to that point, because I don't think they want to see them again. And I, I think that kind of blew up in their face. And you know, I'm, I'm not saying Philly sports fan is usually the smartest, <laughs> but. I don't think they're going to mess around with that again. Those chants blew up in the Twins' face, too. They chanted, we want Houston. The Rangers fans just chanted it as well. So let's keep letting that blow up in people's faces. So is this like the ultimate tip of the cap, finally? Is that that what what – is that is that finally people putting putting aside 2017? I mean, they're not really going to ever totally put it put aside 2017. But are we to a point now that this is them and other fan bases just like tipping the cap? Like we want the Astros because they're the standard. They're now, the best. They are. They're the, the best. They're, the, they're standard. the standard. All right, we can throw away 2017. We can throw away whatever it is. They're still getting here. They're still winning. So that's. That's what everyone's chanting. You, if you want to be the best, you feel like you want to beat the best, and the Astros are the best. So since 2018, a uh, little food for thought. Since 2018, um, they are they they're they're like they got a 700 winning percentage against AL teams in the postseason. 
it's just remarkable the yeah. actual dominance they have had in the AL at this point. Um, and, and this is with all the things going on, everybody booing them, people throwing at them, doing whatever. You know, we, we've talked about it in exhaustion about how they weren't the only team doing this, but, you know, Rob Manford, they laid it on the Astros. And, you know, it's, it's really easy for casual fans to say, oh, yeah, you guys are cheaters. You guys are this. You know what? Put that to the side. You know, a lot of, pe- a lot of teams were doing this. Uh, they're just not getting the flack of the Astros. And this whole, you know, crapshoot thing, I mean, how can teams say like the Dodgers, oh, well, you know, it's a crapshoot. This is a crapshoot. We're not, you know, this isn't the standard. The Astros seem to have no problem winning in the postseason. Yeah. Even with all of this stuff going on. So what is the excuse for the Dodgers? We keep hearing, and this kind of goes into the whole, you know, short, uh, these guys are sitting around too long. They're doing this. They're doing that. It reminds me kind of the whole shadows thing and Bregman saying, nobody cares. Nobody cares what you're dealing with. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Got to get it done. The roof open, roof closed, all of that. But you know what? We are not just a baseball pod, and we will get long-winded on this. So I'm going to keep us moving. And it's time we get into our picks for the week, sir. And I think we need to get into our football picks, and that will bring up a little football, and we'll start talking some football. I'm going to start. I know what our picks are. I'm the only one that has an NFL pick. I rolled with the Lions over last week. The Lions hit the over. I'm going to roll with the Lions and Bucks over 42 and a half. I think the Lions keep putting up points. Amaran St. Brown is coming back off of his injury. The Lions are just going to keep rolling. As Heapster said, I would take Jared Goff over Kyler Murray. Uh, a couple months ago on the pod and he is looking like a genius because I look like a fool for trying to argue for Kyler Murray, Jared Goff. I apologize. Jameer (laughs) Gibbs is still out, but I'm rolling with my lions. I I, I'm going to stick with them. I do like it. I like the over. And I think if I'm going to get where I feel that there's some value and I feel that there's value in this over, I'm going to roll with Lions overs for a little while on these picks. Once I feel like the value's gone, I'm going to walk away from it. But I know the Bucks are going to score a few points on them. It's in Tampa Bay. Godwin and Evans are going to move the ball for Baker Mayfield. So Lions give up 14 points. The Lions are going to score, though. So I, I like the number at 42.5. I would like it up to 44 but I'm taking it at 42 and a half. That's where the line is. And I'm going over in the Lions game. If only the Lions front office would have listened to me and uh, gotten a contract extension done with this guy earlier, the price would have been a lot cheaper because uh, your price is going up every, every game, every day uh, price just gets more expensive on a Jared Koff contract extension. You were adamant that they needed to extend them before the season too. Lock him up. That's what I want. Yep. For sure. I, I yeah. And I, to me, there's no way that I would have done it. There's no way I would have thought about it. I was against it. I was like, hey, you can probably trade for Kyler Murray, explosive offense. This could work. You told me how wrong I was, and 100% I look foolish right now. I, I just loved the flashes at the end of last year, and I thought, man, I think this is going to continue. They got something good cooking in, in the Motor City. 
get the contract done. He, it's not like he's had a ton of injury issues or worrying about that. So just extend him right now. And uh, But yeah, price is definitely going to be more expensive, but they'll still be able to get a contract with him. It's just going to be more money. Yep. So let's, let's break out your first pick. All right, my first pick. I'm going to stay in the state of Colorado tonight. Game's getting ready to kick off here, I think, in a couple hours. Uh, actually, about one hour, I believe. Uh, Colorado versus Stanford. I'm going to take the Buffs, minus 12 and a half. Stanford, I don't believe in them at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I need to say any more. I, I think Shadur Sanders is uh, by far, obviously, the best quarterback that uh, is playing in this game. I think they lead him to the victory, and they cover that pretty easily, I think. Can I throw a bonus bet in here? Because I, I don't really, I don't disagree with you. But can I throw a bonus bet? Since you wouldn't let me take this for one of my picks, my bonus bet <laughs> here, and my bonus pick, and we're not holding this into our, our standards on everything, but I like Colorado, the team total, over 36 and a half. You could also go with touchdowns over four and a half. I like both of those bets. Those are actually two bets that I'm playing. I'm in a state where sports gambling is legal. Got my account set up, rocking and rolling. So that is those. I I like points with Colorado. I think Colorado scores a bunch of points tonight. They're in a situation to have a big win, and they need it. I like your pick, but I, I like everything Colorado tonight. Nice. Nice. Like it too. All right. I am going to roll. I'm going to keep, keep my overs rolling. I was debating between Michigan state and Rutgers. Uh, that was over 39 and a half. It just seems too low. I don't know why it just seems too low. I, I not taking it. I am going with Michigan versus Indiana over 45 and a half. I think Michigan might put up 50 points like they did last week and cover this on their own. 44 and a half, so you said? 44 and a half? It's 45 and a half. Okay. Sorry. But Michigan seems to give up 7 to 10 points a game. And Michigan already being a 33 and a half point favorite could possibly cover. I just think. These totals on these Michigan games, as many points as Michigan has been scoring, they're too low for me to not take. You know, they won 52-10, 45-7, 31-7, 31-6. Since Harbaugh's been back, they've put up over 40 points. Well, I guess not in the Rutgers game. They've put up 31. But Harbaugh's got these guys rolling. They're at home. They've been on the road the last two games. I think this is Harbaugh's first game at home since this. Well, I guess Rutgers. I keep thinking it was four games. It was three. I just think he wants to put on a show. I, I, there's something about it. He wants to try and start getting some number one, number one votes. He wants to look like he's the class of the Big Ten. I lo- I love this over at forty five and a half. Okay. So I'll kick it back to you. All righty. Um, so my next play, I am going to go <laughs> a little bit against what my heart wants. Um, I'm going to take uh, UNC minus two and a half against the Miami Hurricanes at home. 
um, or uh, UNC's at home. Yeah, I, I'm not a believer. I think the the game last week really broke the backs of uh, whatever Miami had going on. Uh, I've seen the team for many years come out after a big loss and uh, do the exact opposite of what you would see them do. Um, you would think that they would do. Um, you know, old school Miami Hurricane football would come out and punch somebody in the mouth and be upset. I don't see that happening. Uh, Drake May is way better than uh, Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, it's not even close. Tyler Van Dyke is not a first-round quarterback. I think I was texting uh, DB about that, like, whenever that whenever that game was going on. I'm like, this guy cannot be a first-round quarterback. <laughs> like, all the people that are hyping this dude to be a first-round quarterback, I know he's 6'5". I get it. He's got a good arm if he's allowed to throw the ball into the end zone, which he was not. Um, yeah, uh, Drake May, I'm going to ride with him. I think they win. I don't even think the game's going to be that close. I think minus two and a half is easy money. Man, I my uh, part of me wants to disagree with you, but I don't. Just because I know how big of a Miami guy you are. I, I've liked Miami a little bit over the years as well. I I think Mac Brown and North Carolina get it done. I think they're the better team, and I think they get it done. I I just don't disagree with anything that you're saying to me on this. And I, because of that, I'll get into my last game. I mean, if you can't stop the quarterback last week, how are you going to stop Drake May? I mean, that's what that's what I'm thinking. So. I, I, that's why I agree with you. And watching the game, Georgia Tech isn't good enough for you to be able to really stop. You you couldn't do what you needed to do against Georgia Tech. I don't think I don't think you're going to do it on the road against North Carolina. My last pick. I don't love it. I don't love it. But it's the game I want to watch this weekend too. I got Washington minus three versus Oregon. I like Washington. I like Michael Penix Jr. I hear you rumbling and grumbling back there. I know you're going to disagree with me, and I don't blame you for trying to disagree with me. This is a game, and this – I think if Oregon if Oregon loses, they lose by more than three. If they don't lose by more than three, they're going to win the game. So I think – Washington is it, and Washington's the play for me because I like Washington. I like Michael Penix Jr. I know Washington's defense is not very good. They're going to give up some points, but their offense is going to score. The lefty quarterback is explosive. Give it to me. You can just give me your thoughts. I hear you chomping at the bit in the background. I don't hear you, but I can feel you chomping at the bit. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I just think Oregon's on a mission this year. Uh, I really do. I think they're upset. I think they're still upset about the uh, the Colorado game, uh, in all honesty, about how they were just, you know, totally overlooked, no national media hype. I, I just I just think that not, – not to say they haven't been hyped, right? Like, like I don't want to go there. Obviously, Bo Nix, they got the, the uh, Heisman candidacy and his, his billboards all over the place. So it's not like they're not being hyped, but – Seems like Colorado was just a, the, you know, they were they were the new girls at the dance, and uh, they ran into a buzzsaw. And I don't think Oregon's uh, totally forgotten that yet. I think they still don't feel like they're getting the cred. Um, and I think Oregon is going to get it done. I really do. But I do agree with you that that it's it's Oregon's going to win by more more than 
more than three points, if that's the case. Washington, you mean? Or uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. no, no. Or, 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 or Oregon's gonna, Oregon's going to win by more. What, what did you say? You said they're either Oregon's going to win by multiple points. What, what did you say? I say Washington, <laughs> if they win, will win by more than three. If they oh, don't yeah, win, yeah. By, if they don't cover, they don't win. This isn't a yeah, game yeah, yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. win by yeah, one yeah, or yeah, two yeah. points. They either cover or they don't win at all. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I agree with that for sure. I mean, obviously, I, I, I thought low, you were trying to get slipped. Trying to get slick on you? Just trying yeah. to cover my bases here? No, I thought you were trying to get me to agree with you that Oregon's going to win after <laughs> I pick Washington. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then you're just going to give me hell forever and ever. I, I had to catch you on that one. I, I, I saw that. Might have been a little, bit, a little bit of play there. Might have been a little <laughs> bit of that. Down on, maybe a little. I, I, you know what? I, I'm going to use that tactic against you at some point. Don't worry. How about that um, over-under at 67 for that game? Wow, that's going to be a shootout. Just crazy. I'd lean over. 67 points. Yeah, I know. Me too. I mean, Oregon's got a good defense, but Washington doesn't. And I, I don't know if Oregon's defense is that great or not, but Washington doesn't have that great of a defense, but they got a great offense. All right. Washington's had, like, some moments where they're, they can get some turnovers, though, and things can happen. Because they've had a few games where, like, things started to roll. What was that, that Arizona game that they were playing where, where the, the points just started coming from the defense? Where I was like, where is this coming from? Yeah, I think it's Arizona State. Let me look. Was back. it Arizona State? You you could be right. I get those two schools confused way more than I probably ever should. But I mean, are are they are is anybody in Arizona paying attention to Arizona or Arizona State with the snakes being so good? Probably <laughs> not right now. But Arizona State is not as bad of a football team, and it was Arizona. Okay, it was yeah, Arizona, yeah. but so. they're not that Arizona bad of a State's football team. team. Arizona State's defense actually has been okay, like at least lately, I thought. I, I, I thought their defense has held up a little bit. They played pretty good against uh, it was USC, and then Arizona should have beat USC. They lost in triple overtime, but they should have beat USC. So I, I think those schools are coming around down there. Again, everything in the Pac-12 is looking up in their last season, but – Let's not let you weasel out of your last pick. So you got your last one, buddy. What do we what do we got for the people? I think I got a little bonus here going on. Wow, look at this. Uh yeah, so uh I'm going to since there's no baseball on Saturday night at all, uh I'd like something to watch real late into the night. Um so I'm going to go with uh, San Diego State Hawaii 2 me and DB's favorite teams to watch just because they're on late on the West Coast. Whenever we got insomnia, we want to watch it. So we get both these teams dueling it out. Uh, the battle of the daunted two and four teams here. San Diego State at Hawaii. The line just moved, actually. So I'm happy about this. Uh, moved from six to five and a half now. Oh, come I'm gonna on. Take, I'm going to take San Diego. It just happened. I'm telling you, ESPN just, I mean, it's, it's, it, it just happened, man. So that's got to be a moment of clarity for the Heapster. This is happening. Oh, well, maybe it just moved again to six. <laughs> I just refreshed. What Hold are these on. people I, doing to me? What are they doing to me? This. I got to double check this. I, it just moved again to six. I know you're trying to get me on something. I got it at six, <laughs> and I had you down at six. So 
you got. I know, but it moved to five and a half. I swear, I should have screenshotted this thing, man. You should have screenshotted it because I never saw it. I've only seen it at six. I don't think it's going to matter. I'm not trying to weasel out of a half point here. Uh, watch them come back and only win by five, uh, or, or right at uh, yeah. Right at six uh, and get you a push. Give me a push because I've had one of those this year and it hurt me a little bit. Um, So I'm going to take San Diego State minus the six points. I don't believe in Hawaii. Uh, They've looked terrible. What was it? The Stanford game? Stanford just totally demolished them. Um, I think it was first game of the year, I believe. Um, It was their, I think it was second. I think Hawaii played a week zero game. if, if, If Stanford is dominating anyone, uh, I don't believe in the team that they're dominating like at all. I've seen enough. I don't need to watch anymore at that point. So you know, see, it, it hurts my heart too, because Timmy Chan, the great Hawaii quarterback, is the head coach of Hawaii, and I really do want to root for Hawaii, and I really want to root for Timmy Chan. Uh, I just want Hawaii to be good. I don't know why. I just do. I don't have any other – I don't have a real rooting interest. I've never known anyone who went to the University of Hawaii. I, I don't know anybody who's been on the campus of the University of Hawaii, to tell you that. But actually, I, I do. I, I know a couple guys who played against Hawaii, and so they've been on campus. But I had to think about it. Yeah, um, I'd like for Hawaii, and he's going to get his opportunities. He's not going to get fired or anything here. Um, he's going to get a chance to build that team and and do what they do. But uh, it's just not this year. I've seen enough. Um, so I'm going to take San Diego State in the late night, the late night game. It's late for me in Colorado, so I know it's late for you. Uh, it's a 9 o'clock start in Colorado in the Eastern time zone here in the Berg. It is an 11 p.m. start on CBS Sports Network. I will tune in. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I will tune in. I don't know. There's nothing that starts late that's going to be good. Boise and Colorado State is one of the other ones. I don't see myself tuning into UAB and UTSA. I'll probably watch Duke and North Carolina State over that game. Or, you know what? UCLA and Oregon State. That's a late game, too. That's a late start. Seven, well, it's an 8 o'clock kickoff. I guess it's prime time. Yeah, you got to get used to that East Coast time. Everything starts a little later for you, bud. A little bit later, man. It's a little bit later. So, all right. So, we got one thing to wrap it up. We've got the game that you want to watch this weekend. As we always do, i got to put you on the spot because we don't – Get to watch every game. We don't have time to do it. So what's the one game you're looking forward to tuning into and watching over the weekend? I mean, I'm a baseball guy at heart, so I don't even think we need to talk about it. Game one, Verlander on the hill, Sunday night. It's going to be wild. I don't know if they've actually uh, came out. Did they come out and say that Nathan Evaldi is, is the – is the pitcher for the Rangers? I have seen He was it. kind of playing games out, games out there a little bit. I uh, haven't. I seen did it. not see that they've named a game one starter. I fully expect it to be Nathan Evaldi. Um, if I'm going to be totally honest, um, I don't see that they have. I haven't seen it, it anywhere. I checked it right before we got on, and I didn't see it because I thought I thought he would be, and then I kept seeing the Scherzer stuff, so I came back. Since you stole the one game I want to watch, 
I can't pick. We we both can't pick the same game here, correct? I mean, we could for sure, but I mean, you know, all right. I, how, fun, how much fun is that? I will say the Astros is my number one. I'll give you my number two. What I actually want to watch, what I think will be a great game, I'm going to go with the Notre Dame-USC rivalry. That's going to be on NBC. That is a 7.30 Eastern kickoff. It's going to be 5.30 Mountain Time, 6.30 Central, 4.30 Pacific. I'm going with Notre Dame-USC. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I like it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame's going to win that game. But I'm going to pick you know, them, and, I, I bet, and that's I, one of my games I got to pick. I got to, as soon as we get off here, I got to kind of figure them out. Might give you a call after the pod and go over them with you. But Notre Dame, two and a half. I feel like I'm leaning Notre Dame at home. I just don't see Notre you, you, Dame going you, five and three. You've been saying you've been saying it all all year, and I was big on Notre Dame early. Just I just I just think that Caleb Williams is on a mission, and he's going to win that game. I just really think he's going to win the game. I don't believe in the offense of Notre Dame. They haven't showed me enough in these bigger games that they could that they can keep up with that offense. And I know Notre Dame's defense is a lot better than what the USC is. You know, had. when they have USC eleven guys no on defense. the field, they're a lot better. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That was, you know, the defensive coordinator. I think we can mention his name again, too. Mr. Al Golden. That's an uh, Al Golden special. You were golden. You know, we, we talked about uh, other teams getting Maldonado'd. Uh, you know, <laughs> Notre Dame got Al Golden. <laughs> That'll be the new thing. Oh, man. Atrocious, man. Atrocious. Well, all right, man. Well, let's wrap this one up. We're going to get it out to you guys tonight. This is going to be quick. There's not going to be a lot of editing or anything on this. So just let us know how you love it, how you think about it. Like, subscribe, follow, share with a friend. Be there for us. Support, support us. We have our second guest coming up this week. Should we tell the people who it is? Yeah, absolutely we should. So we have the defensive coordinator from Texas State coming on, Jonathan Packey. He's going to come on. We're going to talk some football with him over the week. We're working out if it's going to be on the Tuesday or the Friday episode, but he will be with us. He's one of our loyal listeners as well, and he's an Astros fan, so we're going to talk a little baseball and talk a little football with him. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Uh, a, a look into the mind of greatness here. Um, having a good season there as well. Uh, I think they're four and two in the uh, Sun Belt Conference. They're four and two. They're a heavy favorite this weekend. They could get to five and two going into their bye week, and then that would give them one more win to be bowl eligible. And Texas State has never made a bowl game. So it would be huge for them coming in their first year making a bowl game. I think I'm going to be tuning into that game just to just to check it out. I want I want to see it. Always rooting for people that are that are uh, you know fans of the show. Yeah, I'll be tuning in. That game's going to be on ESPN Plus. Let me double check that. Most of their games are on ESPN Plus. Let me just make sure that's right. Yep, it's but, it's it's right. That's okay, right. perfect. That's what I thought I saw. So, guys, if you have a chance, if you got ESPN Plus, go ahead, tune in, watch Texas State, give him some cheers, and uh, he'll be on the pod with us. But, Heave, sir, what do you got for the people to send them off into the weekend? 
Houston fans got to get loud on 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 Sunday. Sunday and Monday. Monday's the day game. This is ALCS. This is where it starts. This is where the actual playoffs start. Let's actually show up and be loud. That place needs to be loud. Needs to be electric. Like you know, you got you got uh, the link that's going crazy. Houston sometimes they, they you know Houston fans we. I don't know if it's just that they've been in these moments for so long, a little spoiled. We need we we need some 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 loudness going on in that place. They're going to need it. They're facing a good offense. Show up, show out for the Strohs. Let's go, baby. Eve, have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. All right, brother.